Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Woo, hold up. Just got a new sale. Order fulfilled and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Oh, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. What is going on, you guys? It is your man, Morgan, man. Thank you so much for tuning back in to yet another episode of Falcon Friday Early Edition Draft Day Special Thursday morning at 8 p or 8 p.m. 8 a.m. in the morning. I hope you're enjoying it more than I am because I'm getting my old change as the time of this video goes live. But <laughs> We got a very special guest. His name is Tyler Crowder from the Kicking It Crowder podcast. Tyler, go ahead and introduce yourself before we get into all the draft stuff about the Falcons. All right, guys. Uh, my name's Tyler Crowder. I am uh, I'm a part of uh, the uh, Undrafted Sports uh, with with uh, Stacy here. So we're we're kind of teammates on the uh, with on the uh, we're teammates on the uh, podcast on the uh, you know with Undrafted Sports. So. Basically, guys, I started off as a college football podcast, and I've transitioned kind of NFL, and uh, I'm also a season ticket holder for the Falcons, so I, I know a lot about the team. I cover not only the Falcons, but all 32 NFL teams as well. And uh, guys, check out my podcast, Spotify, Apple, um, Twitter, YouTube. I'm pretty much anywhere you get content, guys, you can find me. So um, I'm happy to jo uh, be joined with you today, and I uh, appreciate it, man. Oh, yeah, for sure, definitely. I'm glad to have you a part of the podcast. So we're not going to go ahead and waste any time getting into all this right here because, guys, I tell you, today is the day for the Falcons to finally reveal who they're picking today at the number fourth overall position, end quote, or are they going to draft back? So we're gonna, but before we get into that, we're going to talk about the Julio Jones trade that could possibly happen after June. Mm. Me, me personally, I'm not a big fan of this trade simply because of the dead cap situation that's going to go up against our cap space for this year and next year. But also, too, it's more of the leadership role that you'll be losing with Julio Jones if you do end up trading him away to let's just say like a Baltimore Ravens I don't think necessarily the Falcons mm -hmm. need to worry mm -hmm. about that right now 
What, what do you think, Tyler? Yeah, okay, so let's just go. I got the Julio jersey on. Let's let's go ahead and get this out of the way. Julio Jones is my favorite player probably in NFL history. So that's one thing. Another thing is um, Julio Jones, what he's been able to bring to this team, he's not a diva. He goes out, he goes to work every day. He's a great leader in the locker room. Him and Matt Ryan have a great rapport. And, you know, Julio Jones, he has 848 catches in his career, nearly 13,000 yards receiving, okay? So first, possibly 14,000 receiving yards in a Falcons uniform. That's very important to me. Uh, I feel like uh, he deserves that opportunity to finish out his career as an Atlanta Falcon. Now, Terry Fontenot did say he would be open to listening to calls. Guys, if you're not answering the call and talking to other teams about any player in the organization, you're doing your organization a disservice. So that's the thing with me. Terry Fontenot didn't come out and say, hey, we're going to trade Julio Jones. He just said he's fielding calls. Any GM who's smart would field a call. Maybe you're blown away with an offer. Hey, maybe you get two first-round picks for Julio Jones. That, you may be able to move on off of him on that. But at the end of the day, Julio Jones is far more valuable than any draft pick you'll be able to bring into the mix. So I am I'm in the Julio Jones. I want him to see – I want to see him retire as an Atlanta Falcon. I do not want to see him play for another team. I just think what he's been able to do for this franchise has just been immeasurable. I mean, he's been so reliable. Uh, yes, he's had a couple injury concerns, but if he's healthy, he's a top five wide receiver in the NFL. That is no question. So, your to answer your question, I, I don't. I do not think that the Falcons should trade Julio Jones. Do I think that Terry Fontenot will listen to offers? Yes, of course. I think he should do that. I mean, if. If you're not picking up the phone just to at least hear other teams out, you're not doing your job. So, you know, Terry Fontenot, you know, if he came in and just traded away probably the most popular player in Falcons franchise history, it'd be a, be a tough pill to swallow for a lot of these fans welcoming in a guy from enemy territory with the New Orleans Saints, and he just comes in here and gets rid of Julio Jones. So that's the first thing. Second thing, I think Julio Jones and Matt Ryan got at least two more years with the Atlanta Falcons. That's just the way I see it with the dead cap. And if you look at Julio Jones' contract, he's not owed that much money over the next three years. It's like 33 to $38 million, okay? That's not a ton of money for one of the top, top receivers in the NFL. So, uh, to answer your question, I, I don't agree with the trade. I don't think they should trade Julio Jones, but at the end of the day, I understand them taking the call, okay? You got to be blown away, absolutely blown away. I'm talking two first-round picks uh, or, you know, a boatload of other picks and maybe another player. Calvin Ridley has two more years left on his rookie contract. So I feel like once he completes these next two years and Julio, if you want to move on after two years, then you can lock up Calvin Ridley. And then also, how does the how does Julio Jones, how does uh, getting rid of him or possibly trading him deal with the fourth pick? I think that really matters. Kyle Pitts, of course, has been linked to the Atlanta Falcons for months now. And I think Kyle Pitts is the most explosive tight end I've ever seen coming out of college, one of the top prospects tight end that I can recall in the last 20 years. Um, you know, if you're able to have a Julio Jones, a Matt Ryan, a Calvin Ridley, Hayden Hurst, Cal Pitts, and then maybe you draft a running back, and then you have Mike Davis to sprinkle in, you're looking at a pretty good offense right there. So at the end of the day, yeah, the Falcons need to rebuild this defense, but 
Kyle Pitts may be too good at four to pass up. Now, I think it's going to really depend on what San Francisco does at three. That's where the whole thing starts for me. You got Lawrence going one, and you have Zach Wilson going two. If the 49ers get Justin Fields, I think that the Atlanta Falcons will end up with Kyle Pitts. That's just my gut feeling. But if they throw a curveball in this and draft Mac Jones, then you have Justin Fields, who's been, you know, a top two quarterback last two seasons, number one player coming out of college with, with Trevor Lawrence. I mean, coming out of high school with Trevor Lawrence. If you have an opportunity to draft Justin Fields at four, I, I think that's going to be hard for Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith to pass up. Do I agree with it? No, I don't think they should go quarterback. I think that Matt Ryan's got two to three years left. You can get a quarterback at another time. So it's it's very tricky, man. It's very, very tricky uh, situation. I feel like adding Kyle Pitts to that offense and then possibly maybe getting, you know, uh, in the second round even. You have a lot of talent that could be there in the second round. Uh, edge rusher, running back. There could be offensive linemen. You could address so many issues in this draft. And this is going to be a very important draft for the Atlanta Falcons. I'm really pumped to see what happens. This is probably the most exciting draft that I can remember in the last few years. So um, Julio Jones, man, I do not want to see him go. I do not want to see him go. But if Terry Fontenot is not picking up the phone, at least fielding calls, then I don't think he's doing his job. Um, but to me, I feel like it's going to be Pitts, man. I, that's just my gut feeling. Um, I feel like that would really, uh, you know, really help out with the two tight end sets that Arthur Smith likes to run. Then in the second round, you could see – you could go any type of way. I mean, if a running back falls to you, there's been a lot of chatter about the running back maybe not being picked in the first round. So if you could get a Najee Harris or a uh, Travis Etienne or a Javante Williams, I'd be all – I'd be perfect with any one of those three guys at 35. But at the end of the day, you know, Stacey, we have to build that defense, okay? But there's seven rounds for a reason, okay? You can address, you can address other needs later on in the draft. So uh, it's going to be a, a heck of a draft day on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. I'm really, uh, really excited. Um, but, you know, the Falcons have a lot of holes. One player is not going to take the Falcons over the top. They got plenty of holes. Uh, they're in cap hell right now, like Terry Fontenot said the other day. So uh, it's interesting to see, man. I really uh, can't wait to uh, see what happens, man. What are your thoughts? What do you think about Julio Jones, man? Well, definitely you don't want to get rid of your star wide receiver because, you know, he's he's a two-time all-team all pro, seven-time pro bowler, you know, and he's definitely put up stats. The only thing that is, is the Super Bowl, and honestly, you can still put Julio Jones in the Hall of Fame category without one, mm -hmm. but just, you're, you're – as as the fan base, you know, yes, this would be devastating to lose Julio because of the leadership role, like I just mentioned earlier, to Calvin Ridley and Russell Gage and everyone else like that. But there's a situation wherever you said Kyle Pitts, he came in on uh, NFL Total Access today, if I'm not mistaken, and mm -hmm. said that there will be four quarterbacks to go in the first four or pick. Yeah, I heard that. So that makes me think, okay, he's throwing a smoke screen now. So if you are the Atlanta Falcons, if you're going to pick a quarterback, 
then that means you're getting rid of Julio telling Matt Ryan that you're getting mm. you're giving him two more years to play. And then after that, it, it's all Justin Fields or Mac Jones or Trey Lance, whoever the case may be. But yeah, the uh the Julio Jones situation it's definitely devastating to already hear around draft time. But mm-hmm. business is business at the end of the day. I don't want to see it happen. But if it saves a lot of money to sign your rookie players, then I totally understand. Mm-hmm. But um but yeah, it would uh I would call out of work and, you know, cry all day for that one. Yeah. And, and, and a lot of this is to blame for Thomas Dimitrov, what he what he left Carrot Fondo in this organization in in, in just dis- disarray. Uh, I think it all started kind of with the Devontae Freeman. You know, you paid him all this money. Two years later, boom, he's he's not even the same back anymore. Um, so at, at the end of the day, the Falcons have many holes. Defense defense is uh, is definitely an issue. We have an issue at edge rusher. We could use another D lineman in, in the inside. We could use another linebacker. We could use two safeties. We could use two corners. I mean, we could literally use everything. Offensive line needs to be addressed. So um, they still have talent. They still have top heavy roster. Uh, Grady Jarrett, a Grady Jarrett extension can be done where they can extend it and, and, you know, defer some of the back money and, you know, make it into a signing bonus and then they can save some cap space there. And then you can use the money to sign your free agents. So, I mean, you're, you're, uh, you're rookies. So there are other ways to go around it. Okay. You have to really, you know, right now with how the cap is, it's a very sensitive subject, but there are ways to maneuver around it. And I don't think trading Julio Jones just to free up some cap space. I feel like what he is to the team and what he is for the franchise, he is so much more than just a play to the Atlanta Falcons. Never in the news. Never, never does anything. I mean, has never really had spats with anyone. Just goes to work, puts his hat on, and goes in there and, and does work. And he's the best receiver by far in, be- in between the 20s. 20 to 20, he's by far the best receiver. Yes, you could say he could have some uh, some more touchdowns here and there, but the guy has lived up to everything he was supposed to and much more. And – uh I would be really upset if they were to trade him. But at the end of the day, like you said, if it makes sense, you may consider it. You get two first-rounders first for a 31-year-old Julio Jones, I mean, it's going to be hard to pass that up. But, um, you know, I think that – I think they need to, you know, two years with Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. I'd love to see him – or Julio Jones in the Arthur Smith offense. You know, that's another thing. Him being in that offense – uh, I want to see what Matt Ryan and Julio Jones can do in his offense at least for one year before they get rid of him. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, people are going to agree. Some people are going to disagree. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter what I say. It doesn't matter what you say. It's all about what Terry Fontenot, Arthur Blank, and Arthur Smith are thinking. So, um, oh, man, I, I don't even want to start thinking about Julio Jones being in another uniform. Uh, I think Baltimore, you know, with their additional first-round pick they just got from the trade with Kansas City, they make a lot of sense. If you could get Julio Jones with Lamar Jackson and actually give him a real receiver, that'd be something to watch out for in Baltimore. Uh, I would hate to see Julio Jones in another uniform, but, man, at the end of the day, uh, I have no control over that. So we'll see what happens. I'm sure Julio Jones doesn't want to be traded. Arthur Blank in February says that Matt Ryan and Julio Jones aren't going nowhere. So if the owner says that, uh, I'm gonna go with the owner until I and until I see or hear otherwise. 
Oh yeah, for sure, definitely. Um, it's 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 a scary situation. The thing about that, whenever you're, whenever you are true believers of that certain player, like I am with Matt Ryan, I would hate to see Matt Ryan go to like a 49ers or, you know, like a Baltimore or New England, whatever the case may be. I know mm-hmm. Baltimore because they got Lamar Jackson, but yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, yeah, it, it's going to be scary times come after June 1st. If we mm-hmm. wake up that morning and say, Julio Jones has been traded to Baltimore. Like, yeah, yeah it's going to be scary times. But so, and there are, sorry to cut you, there are scenarios where they could trade him and then be, it would be, uh, it wouldn't count until June. You can trade him before. And then it, it, it's effective June 1st, too. So that's what I was hearing yesterday on NFL Network, where the if the Falcons were to work out a draft day trade, you know, it'd not really be official till June 1st. So that's another thing to watch out for, too, brother. So we'll see. Oh, yeah. And uh, so, so we're going to switch on over now to who the Falcons are officially going to pick if since, you know, we're playing the general manager role of Terry Fontenot now. Um, mm-hmm. Look, this is a this is a draft that is full of good talent. Quarterbacks definitely, but there's going to be two or three that flops at mm-hmm. quarterback position. Yeah, but I see this draft as you know filling the holes at certain positions, and that's what the Falcons need to really address on right here. Mm-hmm. So, with the fourth overall selection, the Atlanta Falcons select Penny Swell from Oregon, offensive tackle. That's who I'm going with because Matt Ryan, if you want two more years or, hell, even five more years because he's going to be 36 when the season starts, you really want to protect him as much as you can. Yes, Jake Matthews is doing the best he can, but he's still going to need some help in the interior offensive line right there. And that's where Penny Swell is going to come in very effective at. And if you get a young stud like him, Matt Ryan's going to be able to stay in the pocket more and have his receivers wide open. I know you said you were loving Kyle Pitts, but is that who mm-hmm. officially going to pick? Yeah. So here's the thing. I, I like Sula. I love his tape. You know, he does a lot of things very well. He moves well for his size. Yes, he's not the perfect offensive line prospect, but no one is. But you can teach him a lot. You, If you get him in and you believe in him and you're a great offensive line coach, you can get a lot. Uh, you can you can get a lot of value for Penny Sula. I totally understand that. But I will say this is a very, very, very deep offensive line draft. There's a I have uh I have like uh, I think I have like twelve offensive tackles in my top hundred and I have five interior linemen. So it's a very deep draft at the offensive line, not very deep at the tight end position. And I know Kyle Pitts is not really a tight end, he's more of a receiver slash, you know, freak athlete slash receiver. So, I mean tight end. So um here's my thing. Here I if if it goes how I want it to go, I feel like Kyle Pitts will be on the Atlanta Falcons after Thursday night. They've already had three three or four Zoom meetings with them. Uh, Arthur Smith loves the tight end position. The two tight end sets, you're able to work Hayden Hurst and Pitts into the situation. If they don't go quarterback, I would be shocked if it wasn't Sewell or Pitts. I think either one of those guys would be a great pick. I, I would understand both. But at the end of the day, I think just the dynamic of what Kyle Pitts has done. I've watched him the last two years at Florida. 
the guy has just been insane. I mean, he does things that tight ends just should not be able to do. So, Pitts or Sewell, man, I understand both. I wouldn't be mad, but I'm just – the quarterback situation does scare me a little bit, um, especially with, you know, possibly Mac Jones going third to San Francisco. And then you have the hometown kid, Justin Fields, who could fall in your lap at four. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then they get to get their guy. I mean, it it's tempting for sure. But at the end of the day, I feel like this is Terry Fontenot's pick. I mean, it's going to be what he thinks is best for this organization. Um, so Kyle Pitts is my guy. I've had him mocked in there for like the last month or so. At first, I, you know, Kyle Pitts has kind of grown on me. At first, I wasn't really – too high on the Falcons picking him, but just the more tape I've watched and, you know, all his measurables is, you know, the 40, the vertical jump, everything I've seen from him, never, you know, hasn't had any off-field issues, huge prospects, 6'4", 240. I mean, he runs like the wind. I mean, he's a great talent. I love Pitts. I like Sewell a lot. He's my number one offensive tackle. Sewell's my number five overall player overall. Pitts is my number two overall player. So, I mean, either one of those guys you can't go wrong with. But another thing, now here's the – I've been saying this for months. If you could trade with somehow Denver or Detroit, okay, and pick up multiple first-round picks and possibly a second or third-round pick, I'm talking three, four picks, just to move back five or six spots, that is something that you really may have to consider with how – uh, how many holes are on the roster. There's so many holes on the roster. And then if you get an additional first-round pick or you get, you know, a second-round pick in this year's draft, maybe you can trade a second and, you know, maybe a future first-round pick and move up in this year's draft and go get a player who maybe falls. Every year there's going to be a player who falls. It happens every single year. You look at C.D. Lamb last year. Adam, my number eight overall player last year, he ends up at 17 with the Cowboys. So it's going to happen. Someone's going to fall, and if you're able to trade back in and get a guy like that and get two first-round picks in your first draft, as Terry Fontenot, that is something that really needs to be considered. Patrick Sertain is my number one overall defensive player in this draft. I love what he is able to do at the cornerback position, 6'2", 210, can run like the wind. Uh, Chisel, I mean, the guy looks like a cornerback. I mean, his dad played uh, in the NFL, was a three-time All-Pro uh, and he's just been bred. He's been born and bred for this. Sertain didn't get a lot of action his way in Alabama. Teams just didn't throw his way. So um, I feel like Sertain can really develop. And you'd look at A.J. Terrell and possibly uh, Patrick Sertain in the same secondary. I mean, now you're really starting to build with these young prospects. And uh, I would absolutely love that. Um, also, Micah Parsons. Big Michael Parsons fan. I've been keeping up with him since high school. Freak athlete. Guy can run, hit you. He can cover these tight ends. He can, uh, I mean, he can do it all. So, Michael Parsons, I know he has some character kind of concerns here and there. But those two guys, if you're going to go defense uh, and you want to trade back, I think those two guys are two guys who could be uh, the pick for the Atlanta Falcons. But if you stay at four, uh, I'm on the pits train, man, and uh, I want to see how uh, – I want to see how Pitts and uh, and Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and all these guys coexist in the same offense because it's going to be it's going to be something special. And uh, here's the thing: I was all against you know drafting Pitts and then possibly a running back at 35. But you know if you have Najee Harris or Etn or Javante Williams, one of these guys falls to you at 35. 
it's going to be hard not to address those two positions. And then maybe you can focus the rest of the draft on defense because we know we need defenders. I, I like Richie Grant uh, from UCF safety. I like him a lot, possibly in the second round. Um, Aziz. Uh, 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 lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Aziz uh, Adulary. I know I can't pronounce his name. Aziz from UGA, I really like what he's able to do. Maybe he falls. I think he's going to be a first-round pick. But if he were to fall, uh, you know, bring him back, bring him in. He's a hometown kid as well. So, uh, so many possibilities, man. I could sit here and talk about this literally all night. And uh, I'm so excited for Thursday night, man. I'm, I'm really, really excited for it. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, like, trading back, if if the Falcons were to get a good offer – and and it is rumored that the Patriots are the destination spots to get a Justin Fields, but they have to trade with the Atlanta Falcons. And that would, mm. I would think, possibly cost at least two to three picks this year and then at least one and two next year. So I, yeah. I, would, I wouldn't mind that. So if, if you're going to trade back, this is my next scenario. Mm. If, you, you go all defense because we get the weapons right now on offense. Offensive line is not a problem. The weapons is not a problem. Quarterback is not a problem, but our defense is the problem. Number one, yeah. you got the coach and Dean Pease to get mm-hmm. defense on track. Next, it's the players. I would use all that draft capital on defense. Like you just said, uh, Patrick Certain, the second, definitely a cornerback with A.J. Terrell. That would be a deadly combo right there because AJ Terrell definitely improved, mm. or not improved, but he showed a lot of highlights in his yeah. rookie season. And I wouldn't wouldn't mind really seeing that happen right there on the field whenever it comes to defense. Yeah. Uh, another position I could see the Falcons looking at is edge rusher behind Dante Fowler Jr. because mm-hmm. Dante Fowler didn't really show out under Ben Quinn's defense last year and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and Raheem Morris too, you know, kind of the both right there. But um, yeah, if Dante Fowler is not going to be that player that you were promised, then that's where your rookie edge rusher comes in at behind Dante Fowler. Uh, then after that, I couldn't, I couldn't see nothing else. Maybe minus like a linebacker at, times to uh, mm-hmm. give Deion Jones uh, kind of like a break and a breather in between reps. Yeah. And safety too, man. Safety's going to have to be addressed. I know we brought in Eric Harris and uh, I know we have uh, Jalen Hawkins that we drafted last year, but the safety position, this is a really nice safety draft as well. You got, you got some guys, you got Paris Ford from Pittsburgh. You got Andre Cisco from Syracuse. You have Richard LeCount. You have, um, uh, Nazardine from uh, FSU. I mean, you got this is a really good safety class as well. So, uh, yes, I totally agree. You need to draft defense pretty much the entire draft. But if guys like Kyle Pitts is able to fall to you at four, 
and then one of these top running backs is able to fall to you at 35, it's going to be very hard for, for Arthur Smith and, and Terry Fontenot to pass on that. Then if you can build the rest of the defense, the rest of the draft, maybe pick up an offensive lineman at some point. Very deep offensive line class, very deep safety class, linebacker. There's a really good linebackers in this class as well. Um, comparing it to last year's class, you know, last year was my first year kind of scouting and doing the mock drafts and the big boards and the top 200 players. And uh, I feel like this year's class overall is deeper, but I feel like last year had more star power at the top. And there's not that bell cow, like, edge rusher, like Miles Garrett or the Bosa brothers. There's none of those guys in this draft, but there's some really good players who can help out. Edge rusher, man. I mean, it, it, here's the thing. We haven't been able to generate pressure in a, in a few years since Vic Beasley's, you know, amazing season in 16, basically. haven't Pass rush has been, hasn't been there. And pass rush helps out in so many ways. Not only does it rattle the quarterback, but it, it helps your secondary out too because you don't have to cover guys for as long. If you are if you can't get any pressure on a quarterback, Russell Wilson last year, look at what happened in the opener. Just when we got a little, we sacked him a few times, but he was able to extend plays, make plays out of the pocket, and these guys just can't cover. You look at the, the DK Metcalf touchdown on fourth down, that was a big play in that opening game, and uh, – you know, you're, if you're not able to get the pass rush and the quarterback just sitting back there, and these quarterbacks are very good in the NFL, they know what they're they know what they're doing, and they have time to kind of dissect the defense. They're going to do it every time. So, edge rusher is, is very important to me. I feel like safety, edge rusher, and cornerback are the big needs on defense. I feel like offensive line, running back, and uh, are, are the big needs on offense. And running back is, is very important to me because. You have to have a good running back. Todd Gurley, love Todd Gurley, but it's just his body's broke down on him. Uh, he had a hell of a career. Uh, I feel like he's still going to – he'll still be going somewhere this year and could be a reliable guy, maybe a second running back. But his days of being a number one Bell Cow starter, I just don't think they're there anymore. So, if you're able to add one of these young guys who can come in and catch the ball out of the backfield and give Matt Ryan a, a security blanket, I feel like running back uh, can be addressed in the you know second to third round as well. So that that's kind of my thoughts right there on the needs and, and other on other scenarios. Uh, I would say Pitts uh, drafting Pitts is my number one option. Trading back would be my number two option. But I don't really want to go past fifteen uh, with New England. I think Detroit. Uh, I think Detroit is a possi- possibility. Denver at nine. Uh, you also have Giants at eleven. The Patriots at 15, Washington at 19, and 20 at Bears. Those are my teams to watch out for if they were able to uh, to to uh, trade back. But um, we'll see what happens. Trading back, man, I, I like trading. I like trading. Uh, you look what Miami was just able to do with that trade with San Francisco. I mean, they just picked up a lot of capital only to move up, only move back nine spots and then take one of those picks and then move back up six spots. So, uh, you know, you gotta. It's, it's chess, not checkers. So uh, we'll we'll see what happens, man. Yeah, definitely, John Middlecoff two right here. Definitely with the mm-hmm. scouting report. Oh man, it, it is it is great to have you on the show, man. And I'm I'm impressed with everything that you've been posting on Twitter about all this stuff with the scouting reports, everything. Uh, so yeah, definitely, the Falcons has got a lot of holes to fill this year this year new new system new regime it's it's everything and yeah. it, 
It is a world of mess, but we're going to get through it. But the, I guess the message I can send uh, send to Falcons fans is just be patient with this this new regime right here. Yeah. We, we were unpatient with Dan Quinn and Thomas Dimitrov back in 2015. And we were kind of like, all right, you're going to have to get us a Super Bowl right here, right now. I don't care what it takes. Give this regime time to really digest yourselves into what is going to be their system and, and just mm-hmm. trust the process. And honestly, yep. I think this is the coach staff that will bring us a Super Bowl to Atlanta. Yeah, I, I think I think this is the, by far the best coach that, uh, especially on offense, best. This is the only offensive you know guy that, that Matt Ryan's been around. He had Mike Smith for all those years. Now he has Dan Quinn. So I feel like you know Arthur Smith's gonna be a shot in the arm for Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan wasn't wasn't bad in, in 2020. Let's not. I'm not gonna say he was bad at all. Had he had good numbers. Uh, had 26 touchdowns, 11 picks, 4,000 yards passing. Um, at the end of the day, I feel like it's going to be a shot in the arm. You're going to see a lot of 2016 Matt Ryan. I really feel like you are going to see that. Uh, Dirt Cutter, man, he he just – he was so simplistic and just kind of didn't run screens and just oh very, gosh, yeah. very uh, – you know, I'm not going to – I'm not going to say the guy was a terrible coach because, I mean, he's an NFL guy. He knows what he's talking about, obviously, with the X's and O's. But he got very simplistic and very vanilla. And there were just times that, you know, he had some good play calls here and there. I can't say he never had any good play calls, but he didn't run enough screens for my liking. He didn't run enough misdirection, didn't run uh, enough play action and things like that in certain situations when, you know, a defense has eight or nine guys in the box and they're, and they're coming down the line. I mean, just hit them with some play action, hit them with some screens, um, get them uncomfortable. Uh, I feel like, uh, I feel like the bootleg and the play action is going to be very, very important in this Arthur Smith offense. Uh, so the offensive line, got to have a good offensive line up there. Uh, Tennessee had a really good offensive line in the last two years. Uh, of course, Derrick Henry running behind it. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, the Falcons in 2015, when they were going into the 16th season, I, I'm not sure very many Falcons fans picked the Falcons to go to the Super Bowl. That came kind of out of left field, okay, because they start 5-0 in, in 2015. Then they end up, what, 7-9, and 8-8. Eight and eight. I can't even remember what they finished in, in 15. Then in 16, it just looked different to me. It just looked, from the beginning of the season, the first six games, I could just tell this was a different team on offense. So um, if you're able to control the clock and you're able to run the football and you're able to, to score points and, and, and win the turnover battle, you can win a lot of games in this league. And if you can keep your defense off the field, and keep that offense on the field, you're really going to put teams in, in tough situations. We're a 4-12 football team. Your record is what it is. We should have been at least 8-8, eight and eight, maybe 9-7. and seven. We let a lot of games get away from us last year. Uh, I feel like the culture, and just and we just needed a change. So I'm glad they made the change. Arthur Smith is here. Thanks, Dan Quinn, for getting us to the Super Bowl, but you didn't finish it. Uh, 28 to three, we could talk about that all day, but at the end of the day, we got to get over that. We can't just keep talking about that. Uh, you don't want to end up like the Buffalo bills, you know, so close, you get there four times in a row. You're just not able to punch it in. And now they they don't have a super bowl, but, uh, you want to be able to get Matt Ryan a super bowl, but he's got to play better. He got to play, you got to play a little better. Um, Calvin Ridley's coming into his own. I feel like he's going to be even better next year. 
uh, running back situation. Mike Davis is a good back, a good guy, but I think he's more of a backup. So you can get one of these top three guys, Najee Harris, Devontae Williams, or Travis Etienne. I'd be ecstatic for those, uh, any one of those guys. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, I think the Falcons will shock some people next year. Uh, I don't think they're going to be as bad as uh, many people think. Uh, it's all about this draft, though, who they're able to bring in. Uh, they already brought in Cordell Patterson. They brought in a lot of veterans on rookie uh, on one-year deals, uh, minimum-type veteran deals. So you had to fill out the roster somehow. And uh, I'm going to leave it in Terry Fontenot's hands. I'm going to trust what he's done with the, with the New Orleans Saints. New Orleans Saints have, have drafted really well the last few years, so I, I feel like Terry Fontenot knows what he's doing. Guy played football uh, at Tulane as well. So uh, he's a football lifer, and uh, I think he's going to be a real shot into the arm for this organization. Arthur Blank, uh, Arthur Smith, I really like. Uh, you just hear him talk. I mean, he's a football junkie. I mean, that guy loves football. Uh, I get excited when he talks. And uh, it was a great hire, great hire. And uh, now we just got to go. You got to trust your scouts. You got to trust what you see um, with your eyes. I mean, it's, it's, it's all about what you see. If there's a guy, if Terry Fontenot's pounding on the table for Kyle Pitts, you're taking Kyle Pitts. If he's pounding on the table for Justin Fields and he thinks that Justin Fields can win him a Super Bowl, that's your guy. So uh, I don't agree with a drafting quarterback, but at the end of the day, if it happens, I, I will um, – I get it in a, in a sense because you got to get – you want your guy in there on a rookie contract. And you look at teams who were able to build around rookie contracts, the Seattle Seahawks, what they were able to do in that five years where Russell Wilson was on his rookie deal making no money, that's when they were able to give all that money out to the Legion of Boom, and, and that's why they were able to win a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, now they've given all this money to Russell Wilson. Now they have some holes on the roster. So I totally understand drafting a rookie quarterback, and then you know you have a five-year window with that, with his rookie contract to kind of win a Super Bowl. but Matt Ryan came as close as he possibly could have came to winning the Super Bowl. It's not all on Matt Ryan. Uh, Devontae Freeman missed the block. Kyle Shanahan had some bad play calls. Uh, holding. I mean, there's. Uh, I could go back and I, I know every. I've watched the Super Bowl many, many times. I could go back and, and name pretty much any play that happened in that game. So they're very close to winning. The defense just got too gassed at the end. Uh, and, uh, you know, mistakes were made. And you got to get over it. it. At the end of the day, Hell, I'm, I'm just happy the Atlanta Falcons were in that Super Bowl and were in a position to win the game, okay? A lot of teams haven't even made it to a Super Bowl. So, uh, you know, and the media and other people are going to, you know, talk about the Falcons. It doesn't bother me anymore. I really don't care what other people think about the Falcons because at the end of the day, these guys are going out there every day. They, they get paid to play football. And, you know, I feel like the Atlanta Falcons will win a Super Bowl one day. And when it does, it'll be a glorious day, man. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, you got to get over that hump. You got to forget about it and move on and just try to build this roster the best you can and put Matt Ryan and this offense and defense in the best situations possible. And uh, you, you can't win the Kentucky Derby with a pony. You have to have thoroughbreds out there uh, getting it done. So at the end of the day, scouting is so important and what they're able to do, they've missed on some players in year, in, in years past. Look at 2017, Tack McKinley. You draft Tack McKinley, and you you pick him over T.J. Watt, Tredavious White. I mean, all kind of players. So you really have to key in on your guy. And if you think that's your guy, you got to pull the trigger. You can't be scared to move up. Can't be scared to trade back. 
And at the end of the day, you got to trust what your scouts are able to do. And if the Atlanta Falcons want to give me a call, I'm only one call away. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Atlanta, if you're listening to this before, <laughs> Tyler is your man for, for scouting reports. <laughs> yeah, so – this is this is going to be this is going to be crazy. The draft really starts at number three with uh, yeah. the 49ers. It's going to be interesting to see the live footage from the Bay Area if uh, the city's going to start catching on fire if they get Mac Jones. And then uh, then they're going to put the live footage at Mercedes-Benz Stadium if they pick just someone that is not wanted. Like, yeah. Like I, I posted this on Twitter. I think it was like Dirty Bird Nation or something like that. That's like, what would be, what would cause Atlanta Falcons fans to riot? And I'll say, uh, drafting a kicker in the fourth overall selection. <laughs> oh yeah, if they, it, it comes down to four players for me: Pitts and Sewell, and Fields and Lance. That's a, those are kind of the four guys I think the Falcons have kind of zeroed in on. Uh, if they were to, if the Falcons were to select Mac Jones, oh, oh man, I don't know what. Uh, that's basically Matt Ryan 2.0 right there. And if you're going to go away from Matt Ryan, go in a different kind of um, stylistic type quarterback, a guy like Justin Fields or Trey Lance who can get outside the pocket, make plays, run the football, cerebral, have all the talent in the world. So um, I totally get that. But, yeah, I do not want the Falcons to pick Mac Jones. Nothing against Mac Jones. Uh, I'm just saying if you're going to go in a different direction, quarterback, get you a different style uh, quarterback. So, Kyle Pitts, man, that's my guy. That's I've been screaming it for about two months now. Also, trading back is not a terrible option. If a team blows you away, you're able to rebuild the franchise with you know some of these picks, uh, not only in the draft, but you can trade picks for other players and stuff too. So that's another important thing. So I feel like NFL teams sometimes uh, overvalue draft picks. A lot of draft picks bust, man. Not all of these players are going to be very good. I know I probably have a guy in my top 20 uh, – players who's going to end up not being a good player. It just happens every year. Some of these guys just they aren't cut out for it, you know. Um, but at the end of the day, I hope they draft guys who can come in, come to work every day, compete, and just, you know, try to make this organization better in the long run. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, the Atlanta Falcons, uh, I think like, we've been one of the most talked about teams in this NFL draft, which has been nice because – you always hear about the Cowboys and the Mahomes and Brady and the Patriots. I mean, that's that's what the league is right now. So hearing the Atlanta Falcons talk about on NFL Network or ESPN every day has been great uh, for the city of Atlanta and the organization. And uh, I really, really trust Terry Fontenot and what he does. Um, you know, and, 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 and Falcons, the Falcons fan base and Twitter and everything, one of the most divided thing, teams I've ever seen uh, with just, you know, people having different opinions. And that's okay. People can have different opinions. But just the disrespect uh, some people try to hand out on Twitter or, you know, people, I, I don't like that. That's not me. You know, at the end of the day, me and someone, we don't have to agree. We can agree to disagree. But I'll respect you as long as you respect me. And that's a lot of disrespect goes out on Twitter and with the Falcons. And uh, at the end of the day, I think it's uncalled for and it, it needs to stop. And, um, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I'm a Falcons fan. I'm a season ticket holder, and uh, I want the best for the organization. So no matter who they draft, I will support them. I may not like it, but I will support them, and I feel like that's what most Falcons fans need to do. Look at A.J. Terrell last year. People trashed him, man, trashed him. 
And I wanted – obviously, I wanted C.D. Lamb over A.J. Terrell. I thought it was down to those two players. And, yeah, I know we already had Calvin Ridley and Julio, but C.D. Lamb was my number eight overall player. Falling to you at 16, I thought that was a decent – feel like that would have been a decent pick. But A.J. Terrell was the right pick, and he proved many people wrong. All rookie team last year. And uh, the guy is from Atlanta. And, uh, yeah, he got burned a couple times in that championship game. Every quarterback – cornerback gives up plays I don't care Darrell Revis got burned sometimes I mean it's, it's gonna happen so as long as you trust your technique and you know go into work every day day in day out he's competing with Julio and Calvin Ridley in practice I think like AJ Terrell is gonna make even a bigger jump next year what he did this year oh, yeah. so watch out for AJ Terrell man oh yeah for sure definitely uh well Tyler that is all the time that we have for today's episode right here the early edition uh do you want to address anything else before we head out today no man just uh guys thanks for having me on i really appreciate it and uh, be sure to check out my podcast as well kicking it with crowder um i'm on i have a facebook page twitter page uh youtube spotify apple basically anywhere you get your podcast i am there and then uh you can also check out my website www.kickingitwithcrowder.com and, uh, man, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Oh, yes, uh, definitely. I, I enjoyed the entire time right here. You mm-hmm. break it down, your pro scout report, everything. Definitely. It's, it's, it's going to help this draft day right here for a lot of Falcons fans. So, yeah. Guys, uh, we're, we're going to finally see what the Atlanta Falcons do tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on ESPN slash ABC and ESPN Deportes as well. But also, pre-draft show coming at 7.30 on the Undrafted Sports YouTube channel as well. You definitely don't want to miss it. If you don't want to watch the entire draft, come with us over at Undrafted Sports YouTube channel. Every link will be down in the description below to Undrafted, Tyler's website and socials, my socials as well. Everything's going to be there for you guys to click on everything right there. So, Tyler, yeah. um, let's go ahead and get out of here. And uh, and I guess I'll see you here within like a few hours of the yeah. pre-draft show. Yeah, I'll be on. I'll be on the pre-draft show for a few a uh, few picks. I'll be on them. Four Falcons fans: uh, Atlanta Falcons, UK, me, Tyler, and uh, who else is a Falcons? I'm not fan? sure. I'm not sure who it is. I'm not sure. I thought I knew it was us three. So. So it's, it's definitely three Falcons fans. So we're we're definitely getting the the advantage numbers now. <laughs> so, but definitely, guys, uh, hope you all enjoyed. If you didn't, make sure to like button wherever you are listening from. Chances are this is probably just going to be a YouTube version right here. So I'm not going to worry about the podcast version. But of course, check me out tomorrow morning whenever I go over the fourth overall selection or whatever the selection is going to be for the Atlanta Falcons if they do trade back. That will be on the podcast format, but this right here is all YouTube, baby. So get your coffee and Mm. let's go. (laughs) Thanks for having me on, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, let's uh, see your stop.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Baker's, fresh for everyone.